Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. And hello, hello everyone. This is Helena Steiner-Hornstein speaking to you again from Miami. And it's sunny and beautiful and blue sky and waving palms in the light breeze here in Miami. And uh, I'm back with Our Wondrous World, the show that is looking for whatever we have of good wonders out there in the world. And for those who have never come to the show before, uh, this is a show that is heard all over the world not only here in the United States and Canada, but also in far, far away places where I have never set my foot before, like Pakistan and Afghanistan and Nigeria and Turkey and so on. But there are people out there who are listening. So we are all together, together in a big oneness this particular time. So I am here with you, and I have a guest, as usual, or at least most of the time, and I have uh, Mr. Brian Walt with me today. Are you there, Brian? I am. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing just wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been My pleasure. Uh, you know, a great, beautiful day. As you know, you are in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which uh, is not too far away. I am. I and, get to experience the beautiful weather with you. Yes. And uh, I met Brian uh, only, uh, I don't know, only a couple of weeks or so ago. And we were sitting at the same table at lunch. And this was a luncheon for professional speakers. And, you know, everyone was kind of trying to sell their trade and, and, and uh, tell them what field they were in. And Brian sat there among everyone. And uh, when I looked at him, and I thought, well, he looks kind of content. <laughs> and we introduced ourselves and, and I asked him, what, what do you do? And he handed over a card. And it stood, you know, I read, happy man. And, of course, this is very, very catching. So you're a happy man, Brian. Tell me about it. Yes, I am. I am. I am the everyday happy man also, which is something that is kind of rare nowadays, unfortunately. I'm the everyday man who has a wife and 2.2 kids and a mortgage and all those other fun things that everybody else has in life, but no matter what I've done, I've always been happy. So what I did is I wrote it down, made a formula out of it, and said, hey, I'm a happy man. I'm the everyday man, and this is how I want to help other people. Look at what I can do. And the other difference is that it's from a man's point of view. There's not enough men that are out there saying, hey, look, I'm happy too. So that's why I said, I need to share this. This is great. And when I talk to you, you seem to have a, a natural calm, and, and I was almost calling it a spirituality about you, which I liked. And usually when I talk to men, it's like, oh, yeah, I do well at business. I have a wife and kids. And that is just like words for them. But that is where they are. And they say, yes, I'm happy. I have that. I should be happy, shouldn't I? <laughs> uh, what is different between a man and a woman to be happy? Well, there, there's two big differences between men and women uh, when it comes to happiness. Women, and I'll be very honest throughout this whole conversation, and I'll tell you the first thing I'm going to be honest about. I know a lot more about men than I do about women. Okay. So when, I, when you, when you ask me... all of us, you know. <laughs> right. So if you ask me uh, what about the difference between men and women, here's my take on women. Women, of course, are much more emotional. Women tend to 
look at relationships, look at business, look at everything through emotion and from their heart more often than not. Whereas men, we're much more logical. We look at things much more logically. So that's how I tailored my style with my book and my message to men specifically to look at happiness a little bit more logically. When you stop and look at parts of your life more logically, almost getting a benefit from doing these small practices throughout your life and practicing what I call the skill of happiness, then men start to be a little bit happier because they're looking at it from a more logical standpoint. So that's how I see the biggest difference between men and women there. Yeah, and you know, it's, uh, it's something that I have found out. Of course, I've lived a longer time than you have, and now I'm starting mm-hmm. to bro- promote my experience of living. But I found mm-hmm. out, really, and of course, this is, you could probably read it in all the books, too, that mm-hmm. we women have what we call a spiritual muscle, whereas men have the physical muscle, which is not only the physical arms force, but also mm-hmm. the logic. So men are more in that, uh, I would say, limitation of thought where you're, you know, men are simple. Like I'm sure you've said that and men say that themselves. We're simple. You know, you women are so Mm -hmm. complicated because (laughs) we have, we are in a different energy uh, room simply, which is spirituality, which is absolutely unlimited. And we keep on seeing on and on and on. It never ends. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And it's amazing to see the difference between men and women on a daily basis and the frustration that comes across so many men and women trying to communicate and trying to to bridge that gap between their two differences that really, I think, so many people would benefit from just looking a little bit further and a little bit deeper into themselves and that other side to be able to, to bring the two of them together. Yeah. And you said something very, very smart right now, to look into themselves. Uh, That's where it starts. And I don't think we should, uh, and I'm sure you agree, try to understand the others too much. Try to understand yourself. What do you say? Oh, absolutely. And one of the biggest things I've been talking about right now, especially with men in our society today when it comes to relationships, when it comes to their business, when it comes to being a father, which is something I'm also very passionate about, is taking responsibility for themselves and for their actions and for their feelings as well, which is something that men aren't really used to doing, is taking responsibility for their feelings as well, and then going out and trying to make themselves happier through taking responsibility, which is uh, something a lot of men aren't quite used to. Yeah. And uh, how do men react to feelings? Uh, does that make them embarrassed or insecure or something? What, 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 what's your take on that? It's interesting. And I, I conducted a, a lot of interviews with, with different men. I did it in a couple of different settings, whether it was a group setting and a couple of one-on-one settings. And I changed the group around a little bit as well, where I had a group of men and only men and talking about feelings. We didn't get very far. But just putting one woman in the group changed the whole dynamic amongst men in being able to talk about their feelings a little bit more openly, which is, is pretty amazing to want to watch men open up just a little bit more because there's that one woman in the room bringing yeah. that energy of feelings into the group. It's, it's amazing to watch that group dynamic. But men by themselves have a tough time talking about their feelings 
especially amongst other men. Yeah, that's why I asked that question. But your experiment that was extremely interesting, what you said about men mm-hmm. together, they, they don't talk about feelings. No, but put one no, woman no. in that. Wow. <laughs> it changed. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. The, the difference is astounding. Yeah. So what do you feel about, how long have you been married, uh, Brian? I've been married just over seven years now. Uh-huh. I've known my wife for 15 years, though. We've been together for about uh-huh. 10 years. And so she's where, did, where did you meet? In, you come from the same city? Not exactly. I'll try and keep the story a little bit brief, but we met 15 years ago. I was working as a uh, host at the Red Lobster, and my wife came in with her family. Okay, she and may I just Brooklyn. make a little, uh, you know, for those international listeners, Red, yes, Red Lobster is a restaurant, a fish restaurant, which is a yes. chain, I think, all over the United States. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much. Sorry. Uh, I'm not used to being so international. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> my wife came down with her father, who uh, she was visiting from, from Brooklyn. We dated long distance for a couple of years, and we stayed friends over the years, and as she was finishing up college and I was finishing up college, she came back down to Florida to visit. We ended up getting back together after being apart for about four years of college. She moved down to Florida, and I asked her to marry me, and it's been happily ever after, ever since. That's fantastic. What do you feel has been the biggest challenge in the marriage for, for you, maybe for you, the man, more than what you expected it to be? There's, there's something that we worked on together, and there's a lot, it's a lot of those little things. Because our core values are, are very similar and aligned, our marriage works, which it should be the basis for everybody's marriage and everybody's relationship. If you want to succeed, your core values absolutely must be the same and in line. However, the little things are always the toughest to agree on sometimes, and they seem like the toughest for my wife and I in the beginning. So when it came to a lot of those little decisions in life that we were, we started, had a period of bickering uh, off and on, we came up with something where we agreed to disagree about a lot of those little things. And that got, that little technique got us through so many little, little arguments or little disagreements that I've seen a lot of other couples escalate into full-blown arguments, whereas if you just stop, take a breath and say, we agreed to disagree, it was wonderful. Can you give an and example of that so we, we know what you're talking about? Well, there are some, especially money. It's certainly one of the biggest things in a relationship where yeah, people ha- unfortunately argue about. The husband has one view on how money should be spent and the wife has another view on how money should be spent. Well, irrelevant of how we're doing in life financially, we always put X amount aside for savings, X amount aside for our bills and our living, and there was a little bit left over in between when we said, okay, here's, you know, say $500 for you and $500 to me, and we agree you spend it how you want to spend it, and I'll spend mine how I want to spend it, and we're done. Yeah. So we agreed to disagree about uh, having to argue about things by just dividing it up. Or okay. we would agree to disagree about uh, a car, which was usually a pretty big purchase. And I'd say, look, this is your car and your purchase. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going to agree to disagree that I don't like the one you're purchasing, but if it makes you happy, I'm happy. And it went wonderfully from there. That's very nice when someone feels that way. If you are happy, I'm happy, which is true, but I don't know if everyone can 
be so generous. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, you're probably right, which is why I'm trying to, I, I'm, I'd love to point out to so many men that that generosity, once you start practicing it a little, by, a little bit at a time, it gets easier and easier, and you see the other person getting even happier, and then you get happier, and it just, uh, it builds, it's a domino effect. And I've seen yeah. it happen a couple of different times already, and the more I see that happening, the more success I see, and it's, it's a lot of fun. That's good. No, I like that. I like, I like the way you talk, Brad. It's, it's so <laughs> down-to-earth. And again, <laughs> we you. are with, with Brian Walt from Fort Lauderdale, and he is um, calling himself Happy Man, and uh, almost trademarked yourself as <laughs> Happy Man, and you talk about happiness in the marriage. And at work, what do we do at work to be happy? Well, the first thing I'd love to say, and I get this question from men uh, just as much as I get the relationship question. What do I do at work to be happy? And I always ask them, what, it is, what do you want to do for work? Nine out of ten times, they tell me something that's completely different from the career that they're already in. Yeah. Now, what do you think they should do at that point? Well, I'm not saying change jobs right away, but at the same time, if not, do something that you love, at least love what you're doing. Find a reason yeah. that you're going to work every single day. Chances are you took that job as an accountant because you found it interesting in the beginning. If you can't find, go back to the beginning and find out what was interesting there to begin with, well, time to start looking somewhere else. What is, what's your passion? What do you enjoy? What do you want to do in life that makes you happy as a career? And I guarantee you there's a job out there for you that's going to make the biggest difference in somebody's career. And that's the most basic place to start when it comes to uh, happiness in a career. Yeah. Do you know uh, my previous show was uh, uh, from a millionaire by, with mm -hmm. a millionaire. And the I title did. was How to Become a Millionaire. And mm -hmm. he said that also you have to be happy in your work. Yes. You have to have a passion. How can mm -hmm. you otherwise make money? when you cannot uh, even satisfy yourself, you know, emotionally. You are absolutely correct. And I listened to his show, and, and he had a lot of great things to say, and I, I particularly keyed in on that one part when he was talking about passion in your work, and that's, it, it's unfortunate that so many people go through their careers without it. Yeah, and they don't understand uh, happiness as such, and that's what you said before, because they don't know what happiness is. And many mm -hmm. people believe it's, it's money. I have a lot of money. Well, of course, when you have no money, wow, money makes you happy. But once you have money and you had a lot of money or you have a lot of money, you realize, mm -hmm. now this is not it. This is not what yes. makes me happy. Something is missing. Yes, absolutely. On a, on a side note, I worked in the hotel industry for many years as well, and I got to work at very high-end luxury resorts and in my time there, I got to work with and observe many, many wealthy families with, that would come there on vacations. And this is their time away as a family to be together. And they were the wealthiest of wealthiest. But unfortunately, I looked at at least two-thirds of them and said, wow, they're just not that happy. Yeah. And it was always amazing that the so many examples out there that money really does not buy happiness. And that was just one of them. 
uh, it doesn't buy happiness. And I've seen that uh, so much, particularly around Florida here, and, of course, that has been the surrounding <laughs> that I've lived in. And uh, money is great. It's a fantastic energy. Mm-hmm. But just like my, like my previous guest in How to Become a Millionaire said, it, money is an idea. Yes. It's not substance. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now let's say you have a, a, you have a family and uh, mm-hmm. the husband is out, he's making a career and the wife is mm-hmm. out and she is making a career. How can you save that? How can you make this a good marriage if you're never home? I've had some people go as far as suggest, I've suggested that they literally schedule in time that absolutely cannot be broken with the family. When it comes to weekends, if you're career does not allow you to to be home Monday through Friday, but Saturdays and Sundays, it allows you to be home with your family. That's when you, you support each other in being able to turn off your Blackberries, to being able to taking away any of those email and things that drive you absolutely crazy from your work and be with your family, where somebody goes in and schedules the time in their BlackBerry and says, the little alarm, alarm goes off, do-do-do, okay, yeah. time to be with the family, and it works for them. If that's yeah. the organized or career-driven person that you are, if you need that to be able to support your family, that's a great tool. For me personally, I find it pretty easy to balance my, my work and my time with my family because I'm very passionate about my wife and my two, children, my two children. So it comes a little bit more naturally to me to want to rush home to be with them because I have such great support from them. But I think a lot of that support comes from the support I get back to them. So it's, it works out well for everybody. So what do you do over weekends, Brian, with your family? Well, I have two young children. I have a three-year-old and a three-month-old as well. Oh. So most of our weekends include birthday parties. They include going to the park. Now that the weather's so gorgeous down here, going to the zoo, going to... Uh, in the summer times, going to the beach, wherever we can be outside and do things and enjoy as much as we possibly can as a family. I'm fortunate to have my, my parents live locally. I'm fortunate to have a lot of friends that I've grown up with down here that have children around the same age where we get together and, and enjoy as much time as we can together. That's great. So you combine your social life uh, with the children. That is, you have you know the parents, and they have yes. children and so on. So that's yes. great. How are you yes. going to celebrate Thanksgiving, which is uh, to our international callers, which is uh, the biggest celebration in the year, I think, in this country, <laughs> and yeah. um, when you meet families. How, do you, how are you going to celebrate Thanksgiving? Well, a lot of it will be traditional. We'll have my parents and my, my grandmother and her friend over to the house and my sister and my nephews and some other friends. So we'll have a, a pretty good gathering here. It'll be a lot of fun, actually. You know, it, the one thing I, I want to put out to a lot of people out there is it, it is Thanksgiving. And traditionally, I think a lot of families do take the time to sit around, sit at the dinner table and go around and give thanks for everything that we have in our lives. If we have our health, if we're fortunate enough to have our health, to give thanks for that, our families, anything else, but just to remind people that it's not something that just should be done on Thanksgiving as well. It is something that can be done throughout the rest of the year. Whenever you sit down at the dinner table, if you feel 
healthy, if you feel thankful for something, tell the people that you're sitting with. And yeah. once you start getting into that habit of doing it a little bit more and a little bit more, it gets easier and you feel more thankful. So we will be doing that this Thanksgiving, going around the table, telling everybody what we're thankful for. And it, it's always a lot of fun. It mixed with a little American football as well. Yeah. You know, I like that idea, going around the table saying what you are thankful for. And I think we should do that even with our children when they're small and, and when they mm -hmm. go to bed and now can you tell me what was good about today. Or, I think that's a terrific uh, point that you're making. And, mm -hmm. uh, of course, it is, it's uh, one of the uh, metaphysical laws. Also, you have to send out gratitude and uh, then you are rewarded. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> It, it, it's important yeah. to make those affirmations of gratitude. So um, who, yeah. who does let the me cooking? Just add, yeah. Let me just add to, to that point as well. It's not just uh, to, to, to some people who might be listening that are not as familiar with uh, the idea of giving thanks as well. It's not just to give it to yourself or say it to yourself, but to say it to the people that you're closest to and to say, say it to the people that you're with all the time. And if you're thankful for them, let them know. And it will come back to you. Without a doubt. It does, yes. And be thankful that I say to the universe, whatever yes. you call universe, if you call universe <laughs> God or spirit, yes. but send out that thanks too. Without a doubt. Yeah. And I'm sorry, to, your, to the cooking. Yes, I had a question here. Who does the cooking in your house and who does the cooking for Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, I, I'm doing, I'm cooking the turkey. My mother uh -huh. will be cooking some of the other traditional sides. My wife probably won't cook too much this year because she'll be busy running after my two sons. So it's a, it's a team effort, that's for sure, without a yeah. doubt. I love Fantastic. to cook, though, to be quite honest. Yeah. And I know when uh, visitors come to this country and they're invited to Thanksgiving dinners or lunches and so on, uh, and I know once um, when I had a Thanksgiving and I was here and I told everyone, you know, I'm by myself this Thanksgiving. I was thinking I was going through a divorce or something. And I must have had four invitations <laughs> and started 12 <laughs> and went on to three and four and six and eight, you know. So there is no specific tradition when you're supposed to have Thanksgiving, is there? I, in the past, families would generally have it start early in the afternoon as well. My family, we always started a little bit later, uh, about 6, 7 o'clock, but I've been with friends and family who started at noon or 1 o'clock eating and, and the festivities and just being together as a family. Personally, I think it's great to start earlier because then you're, you know your family's going to be there all day with you. So yeah. take the time and enjoy it as much as you can. So um, what do you feel is the biggest threat to a marriage? I think one in two marriages is failing. And why do half of these people fail in their marriages? Well, there's, there's a couple of different reasons. Um, the one we did speak about and we touched on earlier is the obvious difference between uh, communication between men and women. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's certainly one of the biggest ones. And in addition to the lack of communication, or excuse me, the miscommunication between men and women, there's a lack of, of I, don't want, I almost want to say social skills or social uh, common sense when it comes to men, especially. I, I'm not going to say women because, again, I don't know as much about women and, and their dating and how so many relationships start at this point. But when it comes to men, 
there's that lack of social interaction or, or social urge to get married quite often. So a lot of times it's something that they feel they might be able to put off and put off. A lot of times it's something that they're just not that interested in yet, but they think they might be later on. So they may not go into it with all the emotion and all the heart that they really should be going into a marriage with. They just think, well, if I don't like it, I could always get divorced, which is not the attitude nor the mindset to go into a marriage with. And when you start a marriage, before you even talk about getting married, I think men and women have to have those kind of talks and say, what do we want out of life? What do we need? What are our values? Where do you, where do you see your life going? And make sure everything's aligned. And if there's less of that conversation happening, there's going to be more divorce. If there's more talk and more communication and proper communication between men and women before they even start, I think divorce rates might go down. I'm not predicting. I'm just saying it could. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I've heard this from people. I've said that people mm-hmm. have married, and, uh, and I said, wow, God, you're married. I shouldn't say anything. I married all my husbands after, you know, two, three weeks. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, but they died, and we uh, would have been married to the first one. And uh, it, it's still today, if he would have been alive, that's how I feel it was, so sure. But um, mm-hmm. I've heard many people say that, oh, well, when I said, oh, you know, I'm not sure he's for you. And then the woman has said, uh, well, I can always get divorced, you know, if it doesn't work. But, you know, that is maybe a time when it's not right. And by that time, you may have a child or two. And, right. you know, you upset a lot of lives. It is. And that's, that's the toughest part is when you have children involved. To get divorced after that, now you're, you're, you're affecting a whole other person and the path of their life and what they're what you're doing to their their self as they're trying to develop in their toughest part and it's really tough to watch children go through something like that yeah. a, a quick thing a tip that I give a lot of people that I speak with a lot of men especially uh, and women when I'm talking to them about relationships and one way to steer clear of getting divorced when you're when you're married is in that communication is arguing properly as well. I've had, I've listened to couples argue before where they start name calling and they start throwing out some nasty words. And one of the nastiest words I hear all the time is divorce. Is when you start arguing and saying things that you can't really take back or saying things that are, let's just say, I don't know, my three-year-old probably wouldn't say then chances are you're going to keep going down a very bad path. And you're going to, there are feelings that just will never go away. But if you keep bringing up divorce in your arguments, what's going to happen? You're going to get divorced. So that's another thing I, I always talk to couples about is saying, when you're talking about relationships and your communication, fight properly. It may be tough to be calm and cool and collective when you're arguing, and arguments happen. It's a, it's a part of life, unfortunately, with many, 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 many couples. So practice arguing a little bit differently. Take a step back. Take a deep breath if you need to. Never call names. Never use that D word, as I call it. Yeah. And it will help your relationship. I really 
really like that. You know, learn to argue with class. <laughs> learn to argue properly. And I like set that. rules, you know, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I haven't even thought about that. But, you know, mm-hmm. when people argue, they can bring up the past and they bring yeah. in people. Oh, my mother said that I shouldn't mm-hmm. have married you and all this. <laughs> And you are really on your way to down, uh, you know, to, to, to a real mess if you do that. Right. So, so if Absolutely. you set up rules and, and there are certain areas you are not going to touch when you argue, yes. because we have to argue. I mean, we, we know that. Right. I think actually, and I'm sure you agree, that uh, a healthy relationship needs some disagreements at times, don't you think? Yes. Of course. I- I don't. I couldn't imagine going through life completely agreeing about everything with anybody. I don't think that's possible. No, but, but some people uh, do live that way too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm sure they're very happy for it, and that's fantastic, without a doubt. I think it's something within us, though, from from the time we're very when, when we're children, that we have to disagree. It's it's just a natural part of life. Yeah. No, we have to. It's uh, you have conflict in the weather. You have conflict in everything. It's just nature's mm-hmm. way of, of finding balance. So right. uh, there we go. And now when mm-hmm. people, let's say you have the husband and the wife and, and they're working and they're career people and they come home tired and they want to socialize a little bit with each other. And so they start to cut down on their sleep. Is that a good idea? Absolutely not. Uh, sleep is... Is so important to somebody's happiness. It's unfortunately one of those things that's completely overlooked, especially in our society today when there are so many people out there that are so busy, their lives are very involved in their careers, they're maybe trying to raise a family or they have children, or maybe at this point, especially in my generation, they might have their parents who they're turning to care for as well, which is a, a very big responsibility. So when there's only so many hours in the day, what's the first thing that they're going to probably cut back on? Their sleep. Unfortunately, that's certainly one of the worst things you can do for your body. Your body needs that time and energy to recharge and relax, and I guarantee you will not be any happier without any less sleep. You might get a little bit more done, but in the long run, it's going to take a huge toll on every, every aspect of your body, and it's one of those things that, you know, people, ha- people who sleep more are, are going to be healthier. They're going to be happier. And the only scientific fact I can come up with, with all my research and everything I've looked into for happiness, is happier people are healthy. Yeah, it goes together. There's, That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, I've looked uh, at so many different yeah. facets of, of health and happiness. And when it comes to happiness... Certain people will say money. Certain people will say love and family. Certain people will say themselves. But the one constant I found through everything I've ever read, even from years and years ago, was healthier people are happier. And without sleep, you're not going to be healthy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, It's something will get off balance uh, when you are not sleeping. I have noticed though, that when uh, people meditate and they give mm. half hour something in the morning, or half hour in the afternoon, in the evening for meditation, they actually require a little less sleep. 
and that would straighten out a few things that, um, you know, to compensate for the lack of sleep. You're, uh, you're so right, and I really wish more people would take just a little bit of time to meditate throughout the day. And there's, there's so few, as we, I talked about earlier, there's so, such little time to begin with. But even if you start with five minutes here and there throughout your day or first thing in the morning or whenever you can do it, you get kind of hooked. And you just want to do it more and more. And it really helps recharge the body. It's amazing. There's a lot of, a lot of people I've spoken to that have never tried to meditate, have never done yoga or any of those sciences or exercises. And it's so refreshing. And I really encourage anybody who might be listening who has never tried it to, to, to do it and encourage more people to do it as well. You know, I'm so happy you say that uh, <laughs> because I thought that, um, uh, you know, not very many people uh, would meditate. But now I hear people are going into yoga and, of mm-hmm. course, once you are in yoga, you go up into meditation. Of course, I meditate and I teach meditation, so it's part mm-hmm. of my life. But, um, uh, and I feel pretty kind of harmonious <laughs> about my life, and it's not necessarily the easiest of lives uh, at all times, but it right. helps. It really makes a big difference to your life. It takes away the stress, too, don't you think? It does, absolutely. And it, it takes a little bit, it takes discipline, and it takes practice as well to, to get to a point where you're not thinking about those things that, that, make, that, that make you so stressed, but it, it's something that if you work at it, it will be a big benefit to your life. And I highly recommend finding the time to do it without doubt. Yes, it's so true. And, you know, the first time I started to learn about meditation was TM, Transcendental Meditation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had a baby, and I was totally worn out. And, uh, and I wasn't very happy, and I lived in a place with my husband that I didn't uh, feel very happy in. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I started to meditate. And it changed, and it also changed my husband towards me once I started to meditate. He, I sent out a different signal to him, and uh-huh. he sent a new signal back to me. So it was very, very beneficial for both of us. Yes. Did he try meditation as well? No, it didn't. He didn't. He never, you know, okay. that wasn't a thing he would do. Right. It was just <laughs> not. He was the macho, big, macho right. businessman. He would never <laughs> even dream of it. But he was still a very spiritual mm-hmm. man in his ways. And business mm-hmm. people are sometimes very spiritual, but no one believes that, not even themselves. But they're working according to the principles in a different way. Absolutely. And you're 100% correct that if you, as you saw in yourself, that when you changed uh, your signal and, and your vibe that you were sending to your husband, that it changed him to bring you guys probably closer together, didn't it? Yes, it did. It did make a big, big difference. And uh, and the response to that was after a while, they said, oh, yes, you know, why should we be up here? Let's go back to Florida. You know, that's where he always <laughs> wanted to be and, and myself, too. So, you know, things changed. <laughs> so yeah. it was very nice that way. And, good, good. Uh, it, yeah, so um, I was wondering now, as a woman, and I think mm-hmm. every woman out there will agree with me. What do we give our men for Christmas? What <laughs> presents do we give men that they will like? 
<laughs> you know, it's so hard to give a man. I mean, of course, you can give him the car and you can give him, you know, the the entertainment uh, room. You know, can give him a lot of things. But what what do men like and what do they not like? I know many w- women will listen now. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, everybody, all the women perked up as well. Yes, it, what do it, we give them? Well, there's there's two types of gifts that I personally love to receive. Of course, the first one's being, uh, you know, things, you know, that you can buy that I'm associated with that I enjoy. I enjoy, uh, you know, certain TV shows or a certain movie, certain books that I love to read, types of books, those things. Those are little things that I I love to get. As, as a man in gifts. But the other thing that me personally, I love to get are little experiences also. I'm a big believer and a big fan in buying and even giving of experiences as gifts. Because I think the, the things, they, they'll come and go and they'll be fads and they'll, they'll be around for a certain amount of time. But when you can get experiences, that's, that's, Absolutely the best thing in the world to receive and to give. For me, I loved, my wife had gotten me a gift uh, and she surprised me for one of my birthdays and sent me off to a driving school, which isn't, some of them are relatively inexpensive, some of, some of them are relatively pretty expensive, but a driving go school off and, for, the, for the car? Which is, uh, yeah, for, well, it's for, uh, it was the Porsche driving experience. So it was a, two days of going out to Birmingham, Alabama, and driving Porsches on a racetrack for two days. Oh, I mean, okay, I see. That's very right. interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was the experience. Uh, yeah. I've had even a small maybe cruise, a two- or three-day cruise, especially living in Florida, which is perfect, which is a great yeah. experience. So instead of spending four or $500 on just stuff, maybe just yeah. get a couple little things that you know he'll like, and one really nice experience, or send him out to send him out to Vegas with his friends for a couple of days. If you have a couple of girlfriends and a couple of guy friends, and the husbands are friends, and you two are friends, women get together, plan a little trip for them, and say, "Here, guys, go go ahead, have a good weekend, go fishing for the weekend, or whatever it is that you want to do." Yeah, have I'd a great rather holiday. send him fishing uh, than to Las Vegas with other women, you yeah. know, tempting him. <laughs> Well, that goes, that goes back to the issue of trust. So that's a yeah. that's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. We it's have to talk about that too. You know, the issues of trust in the more presence you require, because these were good ideas that you gave mm-hmm. about uh, experiences. Well, the experiences are are phenomenal, and I think that's something that that he'll always remember, and he'll talk to his friends about, and he'll talk to his friends, and he'll go, "Wow." That was really cool. <laughs> your wife must really love you. She sent you off fishing with your with your friend for the weekend. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's so the experiences nice. are are a wonderful idea for a gift. And you know, women, you know your men. You know what he's going to enjoy. Just give it a little bit of thought, and and you'll be you'll be fine. Yeah. But when it comes to the issue of trust, which is uh, so tough. And nowadays, there, as you, as you said, when you go out to Vegas, there's a lot of things, a lot of women out there to tempt a man. Yeah. But it's, it's... And it's not, you know, it's not that the man, man sees the woman and, and goes to her. It's that the woman comes to him and picks him up, too. 
Oh, absolutely. And there's alcohol involved and there's all kinds of the, the marketing for Las Vegas is absolutely perfect. You know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's their marketing theme and logo. That's brilliant in their minds, but it doesn't help any marriages. That's for sure. But, you know, trust is certainly one of those things that you're going to practice and build up every single day. It starts from the first moment that you meet somebody. And there's times in life, even the little instances where you just have to say, I trust you, and you go out and let it go. It's tough. It really is, especially... For, for women, I'm sure if your man is going out for a bachelor party or even going out here and there, ask yourself, has he ever given you a reason not to trust him? If he hasn't, well, it's tough. And I know it's not easy for a lot of people to freely say, I trust you, go out and do this, go out and have fun. But once you keep going back and forth of, letting each other go and trusting each other and coming back and you're proving to each other. And it's not something that you're going to prove once and you're done. This is something that you're building on throughout your whole marriage and your whole life. And the same goes for business as well, men and women. If you're working with another company or another person, it's trust. It's something that every single day you're building a little bit by little bit and it takes faith. It really does to put that faith in the person and say, I trust you and let it go. But I promise if you practice little by little, build it up, it'll become a skill and you and your wife and your husband, whoever your spouse is, will have a fantastic relationship because you're, you're building up this trust. Yeah. And uh, I talked to a woman a couple of days ago and she came to me as a client and she had a little bit of a problem in her marriage. And she said one of the worst things about her marriage was that she, had, she didn't laugh together with her husband. He wouldn't laugh with her, not at her, but with her. And uh, right. is there anything you could add to that and, and, and give a good solution to that? Is there anything you, you, you want to, to help her with or say a good bit of advice for her? To help, her, to help him laugh with her. Uh, how long were they married for? They've been married for probably 12, 15 years, um, I, I think, something more than 10 years. And, uh, mm-hmm. and she said, we never really laughed together. They, they had a good relationship, but they didn't mm-hmm. have that laughter between them. And then I was thinking, God, that is so important to be able to laugh together. You know, you kid around or you drive in a mm-hmm. car together and you talk and you have fun. Right, and I've seen couples like that at restaurants where they both go and sit down for a meal and almost not say two words to each other sometimes. And it it is, it's very important to to be able to laugh together, interact together, even go even more basic than than laughing together. To keep a conversation going, I think would be a good basis for Mm -hmm. for her is – was the conversation of just a, a casual ebb and flow still going with the two of them, or had that gone out the window as well? I think you know? uh, they, they talk because they have children and they have business mm-hmm. interests and so on, so they, mm-hmm. they talk. 
but they don't have that fun aspect of relaxing together, you know, and the little whatever you do when you laugh, when you're little <laughs> teasing or they, they're juggling with words and so on, that could be so fun. And right. I know and myself, even... uh, mm-hmm. when I talk to women about what do they see more than anything in a relationship or a sense of humor from your partner. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's amazing how if you don't have that sense of humor, life isn't going to be much fun at all. Yeah. You know, I would say to them, you know, when you're going in, and, and even if they're still talking, and you said maybe they have they have a family, they have children, and business together, well, chances are that's what the gist of their conversations have become, is just that, the daily basics of life. So just start even a little bit interjecting more likes into the conversations, more things that you love, dreams. That's something that, unfortunately, as and I don't know yet because I'm not, I'm not too old, I'm not too young, I'm kind of right in the middle uh, of where I am in life and, and building my life. So I, don't, I can't speak for when I get older, but at the same time, I've seen a lot of people as they get older kind of lose their dreams. They don't talk about them as much. They don't talk about their, their passions or what they want to do in life because they're naturally getting closer to the end of life. But... Yeah if maybe she went back and talked a little bit more about her dreams or talked about what she knows are his dreams, that's going to bring out a conversation that's going to bring out a little bit more emotion and possibly things that they can laugh about in there when they're talking about that's something outside yes, their family. To, yeah, to direct her interest mm-hmm. to his feelings and how he would think and put herself in his place. And that would probably work. So, uh, right, but, but once you forget the fun in a relationship, don't you feel that is the kind of beginning of the end? You have to refresh it somehow. Quickly. Quickly at that point. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> real, real fast. Uh, you are a father. Yeah. Sorry. People uh, let it go it, too go long, ahead. unfortunately. They really yeah. do. They, they let it go too long. And before you know it, because time goes so quickly. I mean, can you believe it's almost New Year's Eve already? Yeah. 2008 is gone almost. And we're almost that's into right. 2009, so that's how quickly people go, oh, well, the fun will come back. It will. But it takes effort. It takes work on both people's part and a, and a real desire. Otherwise, it, it will. It'll just fizzle out, and it will be too late. Yeah. You know, it talk about time going so quickly, and we only have 12 minutes left. And you can see how wow. life really flies away. And I would like to ask you, do you have a book? Uh, Brian. I have a book coming out, which will be out before the end of the year. It's called Happy Man, Happy Life, and it's by the everyday man for the everyday man. And it's simple, smart, and real-world solutions for more happiness for men. And how can it's, people get it? Well, it will be available on my website, which will be it's the skillofhappiness.com. Or excuse me, skillofhappiness.com. Okay. It'll be there. You'll be able to find it on Amazon and most of the other online bookstores. So that's the first and easiest place to get it, but come to the website and check it out. Okay. And also, skillofhappiness.com. Correct, correct. Because I truly believe that happiness is a skill that's it something is. that needs to be practiced every single day. Absolutely, yes, I agree. And <laughs> then you have other products. I believe you told me earlier you have more products coming up. I'm very excited. I am, I, my website 
in the next couple of weeks will be redone and reconfigured, and there's going to be lots of audio downloads on there, motivational downloads for audio. There will be some video downloads on there that are completely free. There will be some that, that are kind of pay-per-view, but completely free. You're going to find some motivational CDs on there, your MP3 audio downloads to take away with you as well. And the book will also be a regular book or ebook as well, whichever your preference is. It will be on there. So there's also some great tools that I'm adding on there that are going to be interactive to help you reach your goals, a calendar of sorts, lots of great things that you, you'll find that you're going to be coming back to say, wow, this is a good tool to help me reach my goals, have a little bit more success, and be happy and encourage other people to do it as well, which I think is almost as important as giving back to those other people and saying, hey, we can be happy together. Let's do it. Yeah. And um, uh, Brian Walt is his name. Is your name? <laughs> yes, so they remember <laughs> that. What uh, you you are a father now. What what yes. uh, what kind of skill do you feel you have as a father? What what do you try to to bring to your children and in your life with the children? The biggest skill as a as a father that I bring right now would absolutely is, is being there for my children. And I know that sounds simple. I know that sounds pretty common sense. But unfortunately, it's really not in this day and age. Whereas even when those families that have a little bit of time with their kids, they're still not there with their kids. They might be in the same room, but they're not communicating. They're not interacting. They're not you know, trying to grow and nurture them you know, every chance that they get, which is something that when I'm around my kids, I'm there for my children. I'm happy with them. And I see it so it's a huge benefit in my own life because I give so much back to my children that they give so much more, so much back to me. It, yeah. it didn't start out that way, but it builds and builds and builds. So I think as a father, that's one of the most important things is being able to be really involved in your kid's life. And that's, that's really what I'm most proud of. Yeah. Are you a believer in having many children? Well, I have two. You should have many children. Uh, that <laughs> I have you two. Happier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm done. We're done. You're done. Okay. Uh, and um, now, these are not so easy times, as we know, particularly in the United States, with the economy. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you're a regular man with, with, with mortgage and with whatever goes on that. Mm-hmm. How do you feel people are coping now looking at your friends who are what I presume regular people, you know, like yourself, yes. who are working and paying mortgages and have their cars? Uh, do they buy new cars, for instance? Uh, what do they do about the mortgages? Tell me about what's going on out there in the so-called real world with the real American out there. You know, it's it's very difficult. A lot of my friends... Uh, everybody is more cost conscious. Everybody's spending less. People are less inclined to to go out there and make big purchases or make big investments for their future, which is completely understandable. It's very tough to you know watch a 401k go down. It's really tough to yeah. watch any investments or the of course the value that you thought you had in your home just completely disappear. But at the same time, you know, there's so many people that are still turning, and especially in this time of year, 
it's starting to come out in a lot of my friends and a lot of family that they're turning to help a lot of those other people out there. So I always like to remind people, that's great. Keep doing it. But remember, after January, people are still going to need that help. People are still going to need encouraging words. So keep it up throughout the rest of the year. And get back and, and focus on what really matters, which is one of the toughest things right now. Because people get very distracted with the economy. People get very distracted with a lot of the things going on out there, especially in the United States uh, some of the turmoil that we've had. Yeah. But in, if somebody focus on your health, because that really matters in your happiness and your life, focus on your family, focus on the people around you, and we're going to come out of this just fine, without a doubt. Because if you don't, it's going to be a pretty rough time for a long it's time for you, but I guarantee. Yeah. Pardon me? Now it's going to be yeah. very bad, but of course people are fearful, and I feel myself personally that if people are too fearful, we're all mm-hmm. going to fall down. So we have to just Absolutely. begin to start being brave and be back again and, and yes. spending a little. Yes, and turn off the news, please, every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good so, idea. Turn off the news. Turn off <laughs> the news. And don't watch yeah. the late news. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I know what's going on in the world. There's, I, I keep abreast of a lot of situations, but at least go on the Internet and seek out the news that you want to find. Just turn off yeah. CNN or Fox News, whatever it is, because they're going to keep telling you the same thing over and over again, and those negative messages are not going to help right now. We want to find positive outlets and positive people to be around and stay focused on those things that matters, and you're going to come out of this ten times better than you were before, without a doubt. And I, I can guarantee that, hands down. Yeah. So uh, uh, just uh, move on, you know, and don't uh, skimp for the, on the decorations. You know, set up your tree <laughs> and uh, if you're now celebrating Christmas. Do everything mm-hmm. the way you used to do. Uh, and uh, I was myself, I picked up all my decorations just now from mm-hmm. my storage. Mm-hmm. And um, I had someone from my building help me with all this stuff, and I couldn't believe how much I had. And he was <laughs> Cuban, and he said, oh, yes, I have to go home and put up my decorations too. And, you know, it's so important for me to do that. And he's single now. Mm-hmm. And it's so important for me to do that because it makes me feel good, real, real good. Right. <laughs> and I can see how he meant that. And I feel that is part of happiness, and he seems like a happy man. Uh, so, uh, and that's what I'm saying there, and what you are saying, of course. Don't don't mm-hmm. cut down on the good stuff because times are bad. Put up your right. candles and your garlands and everything that goes. Don't you agree? Absolutely. If it's a if it's truly a financial hardship, there are places out there, people that will that you can get it for less expensively. Maybe get it donated to you, get it secondhand, whatever it is that you need. It's yeah. out there and. You know, get back to, to your tradition. Don't take away your traditions, especially around the holidays, because that would truly be, uh, you know, a, a sad testament of times. It really would be. And uh, so, yeah, whatever when, your tradition is, do it. That's <laughs> celebrate. Whatever your tradition is, celebrate it because, and be proud of your tradition and be proud of, of, of what you stand for. When I was small, yes. we used to do everything ourselves. You know, that was part of the tradition then, to to 
you know, all decorations for the holidays were supposed to be homemade. And, you know, mm. that need not cost so much as the the ones you have to buy at the expensive rate that you have out there. Absolutely. If you have kids and you have a Christmas tree, needle, thread, and popcorn. Get going. Yeah, <laughs> That'll be fun for the kids. Mm-hmm. Just start they stringing up some popcorn that. and throw it up. Yeah, yeah, that would be lots of fun. And yeah. just just as importantly, we're bringing our my older son and my two nephews this weekend. We're going to go to Walmart and the dollar store and pick up some toys and go to Toys for Tots and go to uh, a, a shelter and, and drop off some some toys for them because it's so important just to teach them also what the holiday is about and yeah. charity and say, here, this is no matter how tough times are, there's still there's still a little bit of room for charity, without a doubt. So keep that in mind as well when you're out there shopping. So what do you want to teach your children now that they're getting older? What do you want to teach them? What quality do you want to teach them to make them happy at the same time, but to understand that and and, and happiness? Well, my children are still young, so a lot of of their basics come from, from, from right and wrong and always doing what's what's right and what what they feel is right as well not just always assuming that the other person knows what's right because they may not and my three-year-old son is is learning that very quickly but to be an individual and to think for himself and to to go out into the the world and do whatever he can with it make the most out of out of his opportunity in life and he will achieve and don't always you know, I'm your parent, I'm going to teach you right and wrong, but you're not always going to listen to everybody that you have to say. You know, if you feel something's right, challenge it sometimes. Yeah, that's good. You know, okay. it makes him a little now bit better negotiator, but yeah, it's great, it's fun. Yeah, that's great. And we are now coming towards the end of our show. It's gone really fast, Brian, and I wasn't sure yeah, in the Alan, beginning thanks so much. how much we could talk about happiness, but evidently... <laughs> The subject is endless and limitless, yes. and you can see so much more to be and more about for. it. Yeah. So, what is the website again where they can get your book once it's out, which would be before the holidays, you think? Skillofhappiness.com. Okay. And your name yes. is Brian Walt, and you are in Correct. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I suppose yes. people can also reach you through that website, can they? My email, my telephone number. Uh, a, a lot of the social networking sites as well. I have some groups and discussion groups, Facebook, MySpace. Just look for Happy Life or Happy Man or Brian Walt. Look me up and I'll be happy to, to add you on as a friend. I love talking to people. I think I get most of my reward from watching anything I say or do or write help other people become happier. So by all means, contact me, let me know, and I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. So happy man, Brian Wald. I thank you very much. And this is again Helena Steiner Hornstein speaking to you from Miami, Florida. And I'm speaking to the world through our wondrous world. And particularly, I say hello to all my listeners in Scandinavia who are very faithfully sitting there listening to me so often and responding to me. I would like to say a happy Thanksgiving to all my American listeners. And thank you so much, Brian Walt, and happy Thanksgiving to you too. Thank you all. To you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Bye bye.